Good Wednesday afternoon to you. I hope you're having a great day. Thanks for joining us on Sports 4 CLE. Plenty of things to talk about today. A little later in the show, it will be uh, Cavs taking center stage with Evan Damrell. Uh, we begin, though, by talking Browns. Senior Bowl week continues out in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, Browns doing their due diligence on the rookie quarterback, so they are talking to him, um, including Kenny Pickett, generally described as the top quarterback in this class from the University of Pittsburgh, and the Browns have talked to him already. Yeah, they were one of the, the first teams I talked to, I think, when I got here. Um, everyone kind of has their time slots and we move around. So, um, but yeah, I enjoy, like I said, I've, I've enjoyed really every interview. Everyone goes about it differently. I ask them kind of the same questions in different ways. But, you know, we're asking to talk about your system and kind of detail that out. So um, I've really enjoyed it so far. And that courtesy Mary Kay Cabot, who is in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. Let's welcome in Hayden Grove from the Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. Um, Hayden, you expect the Browns to do their due diligence. They have to turn over every stone to see who's going to be their quarterback. Having said that, I'd be real surprised if it's a rookie. Yeah, I, I think that the Browns obviously want to look into every position. I'm sure they've talked to many other players at Senior Bowl and Mobile, and, uh, and I don't think quarterback's any different. I mean, these are two of the best players probably at the Senior Bowl. Uh, uh, the top two quarterbacks, Kenny Pickett being one of them. And uh, I really believe that, you know, the Browns are going to, um, you know, try to do their due diligence with every position. So I don't think that the starting quarterback for Cleveland Browns in 2022 is going to be a rookie. Um, I still, you know, I'm still under the impression there's going to be Baker Mayfield, but they do have an option to, to draft a quarterback and, and put him behind Baker and um, maybe start to develop him in case Baker, you know, isn't the option, isn't the guy that they think he or thought he would be. All right, and, and um, another of those rookie quarterbacks that you mentioned, uh, highly thought of um, in this group. Uh, again, none of them are you know top ten ranked in in most people's prospects. But the other guy is Malik Willis, and um, we see this video uh, from the Senior Bowl, uh, the workouts. Malik Willis, and he hits Calvin Austin. Austin, five seven from Memphis, was a guy. Um, who is getting plenty of separation in the one-on-one drills. And there you see the separation, uh, something that Browns wide receivers were not getting a bunch of. So, um, again, 5'7", that's a little iffy. But Austin, a guy the Browns might look at, you know, later um, in the draft, mid to late rounds, is a guy that has been getting separation. That's been a struggle for the Browns. He is fast. Uh, he is a guy that that – excels in the open field, get the ball in his hands, and usually good things happen. 5-7 is a concern, obviously. Yeah, I mean, they could use a slot guy if, you know, Jarvis Landry isn't going to be around. We will see if that's the case. I mean, obviously, great locker room, great, great culture presence, but we'll see if he ends up, you know, um, being a, maybe maybe that contract is restructured. But they're going to they – they need as much help as they can get in terms of receivers. Um I think that, yes, Donovan Peoples-Jones could be a good receiver for them, but Anthony Schwartz hasn't done anything for me. Um, Jarvis Landry might not be here next year. Richard Higgins might not be here next year. So you're looking at a kind of a fully revamped room in the receiver room. And uh, so whether it's a, a, a short, short, speedy guy, whether it's a tall, big, fast kind of guy that we're going to talk about later, I mean, I think that the Browns certainly could can't go wrong in terms of trying to bring in players that are, uh, that are fast and able to create separation and obviously able to catch football. Yeah, and, and we've talked about it. That's been the mis- most disappointing part of it. I, you know, the quarterback play was not good, but the wide receiver play didn't allow the quarterback play, and the line play by the tackles didn't. There were so many things that went wrong with that offense, but I think you start with the wide receiver room, upgrade that, get some playmakers, and, and then you see what happens around that. Uh, all right, let's go back to Senior Bowl. Guy that is opening some eyes um, and a name to listen out for, Jermaine Johnson. He is a defensive lineman from Florida State. A uh, number of guys say, uh, without question, he has been the best guy there. Take a look at this, going one-on-one with Darian Kennard from Kentucky, also St. Ignatius graduate. Um, Kennard and uh, Johnson going best-on-best best to end yesterday's practices. Uh, both of them had a couple of good moments there, uh, but uh, it kind of interesting to see. I remember stepping next to Darius, uh, Darian Kennard when he was a senior at St. Ignatius and going, that is one big dude 
And uh, it's fun to see him at the Senior Bowl trying to impress the NFL scouts now here as a uh, Kentucky Wildcat grad. Uh, but Kennard from St. Ignatius trying to hold his own. Again, another guy to keep your ear out for because he will be graded out as one of the better tackles in this draft. Not a first-rounder, uh, but mid-round type draft guy. Yeah, I mean, I think the Browns certainly, if, if they're not going to go, if they go with wide receiver early, which I think that they could, um, I also think that they could go with defensive tackle early. I mean, that's going to be a position where the unfortunate situation with McDowell, Malik McDowell has not been worked out yet. Uh, Malik Jackson's free agent. I doubt that he'll be back. Jordan Elliott hasn't done a ton for the Browns yet. Uh, and Tommy Togiai was a rookie last year. So they don't have a ton of depth at the defensive tackle position. If you include uh, Tack McKinley in that, he's a free agent and he's coming off that Achilles injury. So uh, they certainly need some help with the de- defensive tackle position. And um, whether it's Johnson or somebody else, I mean, they're, they're going to, I doubt that they're going to go into this draft or leave this draft without grabbing, grabbing at least one defensive tackle. Yeah, and I think it'll be reasonably high as well because they're looking for impact, guys. All right, so uh, Brian Flores, um, former head coach, Miami Dolphins, is uh, suing the NFL, trying to get it as a class action suit against uh, not only the NFL but a couple of teams, including his former employers, uh, the Miami Dolphins. Now, he says that uh, the Dolphins paid him, that uh, the owner, Stephen Ross, paid him to tank $100,000 uh, per game. Okay. Now, today it comes out that Hugh Jackson said uh, that Jimmy Haslam um, also was interested in having um, the Browns tank. And this is going on through Twitter. And uh, so here you see it. Hugh Jackson, Jimmy Haslam was happy when we kept losing. And, and then it, it goes further into it uh, where there are a number of people um, that are also um, – kind of responding to it. Trust me, it was a good number. And again, you know, Hayden, the, the question I have is if this is in fact true, and, uh, who knows if it is, why is it that, you know, Hugh Jackson waited um, for Brian Flores to make the, the statement about the Dolphins first? Uh, it's just curious timing. Now, the Browns did come out and issue a statement. And the the Browns have said that um, they deny any of that. It has no basis in uh, in foundation. Uh, Dan Lobby tweeted it. So uh, recent comments by Hugh Jackson, his representatives relating to his tenure as our head coach, completely fabricated any accusation that any member of our organization was incentivized to deliberately lose games is categorically false. All right, having said all that, It's also illegal. There's something called the Sports Bribery Act, um, which is a um, if you incentivize somebody to lose. So if you make the offer, it it is a crime. If you make the offer to pay somebody to lose uh, any type of professional sporting event, it's crime. If if they receive the money, it's crime to offer it. It's crime to take the money. So there's a number of things to unpack here. But again, the question I have is, if that's the case, why did we wait so long? Why, you know, why did Hugh Jackson wait for somebody else to come forward? Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the crime because it seems, you know, here's the thing with Hugh Jackson that I, I think the Browns were fully in tank mode, um, whether they were acknowledging it or not. I mean, yeah, they wanted to lose games. They wanted to get better draft picks. That was their whole MO going to restock their draft picks so that they could you know get these guys and, and kind of bring this thing from the ground up and Sashi Brown tore it down and Hugh Jackson was you know I don't believe he was the scapegoat because I think it could have been better than 131 but he certainly you know was part of the um, you know was part of that legacy of 131 so I think when you think about Hugh Jackson the thing is that like if it makes him look worse because if he's trying to insinuate that he wasn't trying to lose games Right. If he didn't take the bribe or whatever they were offering him, then it then he went one in 31 without trying to lose. Um, and, you know, that looks bad on him. And then, you know, him insinuating that the Haslam's I mean, there could have been a case where the Haslam's, um, you know, definitely wanted them to lose. But, you know, those are major accusations to say that, hey, you know, that Jimmy Haslam and D Haslam offered to pay me money to to lose games. I mean, those are, as you said, those are legal accusations that those could, you know, 
potentially be damaging to their, you know, their ability to own the Browns football team. So it is kind of curious timing. I, I'm not saying, I don't know. I don't know the story. I don't know what, you know, what's true, what's not. I just think that, you know, Hugh Jackson doesn't have much credibility here, um, given that, you know, if he didn't take it, that he, if he did, if he did get bribed and he didn't take it, they still won one thirty-one, and, you know, and things were still a mess under him. So, Either way, it's just a bad look for for Hugh, and uh, you know, continues to be as um, you know, he's kind of he's said a lot since he left Cleveland. Uh, you know, I, I was just going to get to that. Is it just me, or does it seem like every time we try to move past Hugh Jackson and one in thirty-one, he says something about his time here in Cleveland to come back into the Browns, you know, fans and and the Browns realm of being, and it's just like Hugh. All right, you're where you're at. Stay there. Be present there. Leave the time with the Browns alone. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's never going away. I don't think. I mean, I think that you know it was his last. It was a he was the hottest coach that year, and you know to to come coach a team, and it did not work out well at all. And for that reason, um, you know he's probably going to always regret it. That it kind of was his last chance in the NFL, and I don't think he's going to get another one anytime soon. So. I think he'll always go back to that because it, you know, it stinks for him. I mean, he was an NFL coach. He was a pretty successful one with the the Raiders. I mean, they had a decent year. You know, was fired there. I think maybe unfairly, and then got to Cleveland and should have been fired sooner um, because that was a disaster. So um, it stinks, but yeah, it's just like every time you try to move past it, every time they, things move forward, like you just he's always there to remind you of something. <laughs> Aiden Grove uh, from The Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com, and I are going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, uh, we head to the voicemail of Truth and Reason. This one about Baker Mayfield. Always seems like we have a couple of them. Sports for CLE. We'll be right back talking Browns. Stay with us. Life is getting back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to tri-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So, what are you waiting for? Register now for spring classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. We continue talking Browns here on Sports for CLE. Time for us to head to the voicemail of Truth and Reason. This one about Baker Mayfield and the causes uh, for this year's struggles. I just want to say this. Baker Mayfield, I believe, is a not a good quarterback. I don't think there's anyone out there that we can get right now that could do better than him. As far as Baker's bad play this year, I think it was mostly because of the injury and the receivers around him, mainly Odell Beckham. He didn't want to be here. But that said, we have a coach, Kevin Stefanski. He's the coach. He should have set Baker down, and Case Keenum should have played. I blame it on the coach. 
All right, fair enough. Um, I understand the thought process, but the, the thing that I would say is clearly the Browns looked at it. They thought they were a team that could go deep in the playoffs with Baker Mayfield as a quarterback. Um, they obviously didn't feel they could go deep in the playoffs with Case Keenum as their quarterback. Otherwise, they would have played him. They, they sat down and looked at it and said, Baker Mayfield, at whatever percentage he was, gave them a better chance to win than Case Keenum. Certainly. Um, like, like you said, it's, it was a situation in which the Browns were came into the season with Super Bowl aspirations. They're three and one. I mean, they, in the second game of the season, Baker, you know, hurts his shoulder and they got 15 more to go. And Baker, Baker's job is to be ready to play. Baker's job is to want to play. Baker's job is to do everything in his power to be out there. Right. So I agree with the caller that yes, Kevin Stefanski's job or the front office job or somebody else's job is to sit down Baker and say, listen, Baker, we get it. We want you to be there. But I think for the best of, best of your health, best of the t- team's health, get healthy now, get the surgery now, you know, going forward. I know that it was a contract year, and I get that. I don't think that played as big a part as people believe. I don't think it had anything to do with the contract situation. I think it had to do with the fact that Baker knew that he could tough it out, knew that he could play through it, and he's a competitor. He's a, he's a fighter. He's always been that way. So I think Baker Mayfield had the right mindset and wanted to be out there and playing. Um, and I think it was the job of either Kevin Zapansky or Andrew Barry or somebody on the medical staff to sit down and say, listen, we appreciate it. Your teammates appreciate it. But it's 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 for the best interest of us and our future and our franchise. If we sit you down this year, get you ready for next year, get you healthy. I think it would have done a mir- miracles for his confidence, which I think is down right now. I think mentally he's not where he needs to be because of this tough year. So it would have saved a lot of grief looking back at it 2020 or hindsight being 2020. But um, you know, it's tough. It's tough to tell a quarterback not to want to play. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to, you know, every week you you try to do your best to win that specific game. So, um, hindsight is easy. It's easy to look back and say, man, you know, that was the wrong decision, but you know, at the time you were three and one, you, you played, you played them against the bears and they, they were three and one, but, um, you know, you played a great game against the chargers and you were three and two. I mean, it could have been four and one. So, um, it's it's tough. It's tough. I just think everything kind of went wrong for them this year, and you got to move on. Yeah. The, the one thing I will agree with, um, the wide receiving core needs to be upgraded significantly. We've already talked about that. And that brings us to our next uh, topic. So the ringer, uh, it's Danny Kelly's big board, and uh, the number 11-ranked prospect is Traylon Burks from Arkansas. And you see elite athleticism, um, field tilting speed, rare versatility. He says he's Debo Samuel with a power up mushroom. Um, so there you go. I will sign up for somebody that is a, a Debo Samuel with a power up mushroom. And the one thing you can easily translate, if if you're making a comparison to Debo Samuel, um, he's having a lot of success in the 49ers style of offense with Kyle Shanahan exact, you know, the translation of the Browns offense is pretty seamless. So you could envision how Kevin Stefanski would use this guy in the Browns offense. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Stefanski has a job to do in terms of revamping this offense and finding a way to get receivers involved. I mean, receivers were not involved last year. It's just, they were tight. It was tight ends with screens. It was, you know, short stuff. So Kevin Stefanski's got to go in and operate and do a little, you know, re- surgery on his offense, get it back to where it needs to be. Because um, last year it was broken. It was it was definitely broken. So this year he's got to fix it. And I think, you know, adding a guy like Traylon Burks, a huge target would be nice. I mean, we talk about, um, I, you know, we talk a lot about Garrett Wilson, and obviously we're here in Ohio, but um, you know, we can't be biased. We can't be biased with with you know just looking at Greg Garrett Wilson because we watch him play every Saturday and saying, man, you know, that's the guy for the Browns. You know, maybe Trey, maybe he is a guy that the Browns could use, and maybe he'll be there. But you know, you would love to have a six four, six three target, two twenty five, like he's like a DK Metcalf kind of player um, in Traylon Burke. So I want to see. You know, I, the, the Browns have scouts for a reason. They send guys all over the country. That's their job not to, to be able to scout these guys and, and know what they're about and, and make sure to make the right choice when they pick a receiver. I'd be okay with pretty much anyone up there. You got some really, really good targets, and uh, and I can't wait to see which one is wearing brown and orange. Yeah, and, you know, there's 
they need a number one receiver without question. There's nobody, you know, if, even if you like Jarvis Landry, he's not a true number one receiver. Donovan Peoples-Jones, can he develop into one? Maybe. Not there yet. Uh, they need a number one receiver for Baker Mayfield or whomever is the quarterback next season. All right, we're going to move on. Bleacher Report. One surprise prospect every team could target. And uh, for the Browns, they say center Tyler Linderbaum. Um, now, the Browns could save $8.25 million by releasing J.C. Treader. Um, Linderbaum is an ideal fit. But in order to get him, they're going to have to take him number one You know, in the first round. He's a first-round guy. There's no way they're taking a center in the first round. Um, if you want to tell me they're going to take a defensive tackle, you could probably convince me that. If you want to tell me they're going to take an edge rusher, you could convince me that. Um, I think wide receiver makes the most sense, but center offensive lineman makes no sense at all just based on who's on this roster. They like Nick Harris, too. I I might disagree with you here. I think that that's actually okay. a good call, that the Browns could draft a guy like Tyler Linderbaum. Um, first of all, I think that I'm pretty sure that Linderbaum hurt himself in the in a bowl game um, and was supposedly one of the top targets. So maybe he could be a later he could be a later you know round pad draft pick because of the injury. Maybe that's what they're just talking about. Maybe the Browns could pick him up in the second round because of the injury. But um, hey, if you if you got a if you got a top class offensive line like you have right now, and you you want to get J C Treader, you want to get that money off your books. Um, I would, I'd be fine with them drafting a center if it was the, you know, one of the best available, um, keep that line stout. You're a run first team, be able to run the football. Um, I have no problem with that. If they believe that that's the best pick and the best position for them at that number 13 spot. Now, that being said, if they keep, if they keep JC Treader and, you know, yeah, I think that that's an easy, um, easy decision to make in terms of wide receiver, but I don't think it's out of the question that they could draft a center. I mean, yes, Nick Harris is good. Um, I think center would probably be again. It depends on what they do with J.C. Treader, but if they if they decide to move on from J.C. Treader, which is a possibility, I think center could be like third on their wish list because the center is the kind of the quarterback of the offensive line. He's the leader. He's calling out the shots. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I wouldn't be super surprised. I would be surprised. But I wouldn't be super surprised if they went with center. Would you be surprised if they went with a center at thirteen? <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, I think 13 would be high. Yes, I would be surprised. Yeah. All right, Hayden Grove and I are going to step aside, take a quick time out on the other side of the break. Uh, we continue talking Browns football. We head back to the voicemail of Truth and Reason Sports for CLE. We'll be right back, talking Browns. Stay with us. getting back on track and so is the job market be ready with the training you'll need to get a great job if you or your family has experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19 try seek and help with tuition assistance whether you want to improve your skills get certified or train for a new career go to try-c.edu to check out our programs and resources register now for online and on-campus classes try c is where futures begin when it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students kindergarten through 12th grade can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. We continue talking Browns with Hayden Grove from the Plain Dealer as well as Cleveland.com. Time to head back to the voicemail of Truth and Reason. Another one about the quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I just wanted to leave a message regarding 
the current quarterback situation and uh, so-called fans of the local sports establishment. I know that, you know, we as fans, we tend to become real emotional and we tend to make decisions and we say things which are really a reflection of our feelings. So I'm just going to point to one single thing that is not a feeling, but it is a fact. I have never in my entire history of watching the NFL football league seen a quarterback complete 22 straight passes and throw for five touchdowns against a team that went to the Super Bowl the following year. Thank you. All right, as always, we appreciate uh, the voicemails. Now, having said that, they were also a team that won four games the year that he threw 22 completions and five touchdowns. So there is that. I get what he's saying. Um, you can't argue, Hayden, you know I've talked about this a lot. Quarterback play has to be significantly better. Now, the wide receivers need to be better. The line needs to be a little bit better. The tackles, you know, were beat up. But the quarterback play of the Browns has to be significantly better. Even if it's Baker Mayfield, he's got to play better. You're right. You're right. Um, I think Baker would say that he has to play better. Here, here's my thing with the whole Baker and the Bengals thing. Uh, yes, I know that it shouldn't matter that Baker's never lost the Bengals. He's never lost to Joe Burrow. I get that. I don't care about that. I mean, I think it's insignificant in this in this argument. But what I don't believe should be happening is, well, you know, oh, well, look at Joe Burrow. The Browns, well, the, the Bengals have Joe Burrow, so time to get rid of Baker, Baker Mayfield. We got it. No. No, I don't think the two are interlocked in each other. Yes, of course the Browns want to have a quarterback that can lead them to a Super Bowl. I am still of the belief that Baker Mayfield can do that, given their running game, given their strength as a defense, given their coaching staff. I think they have the ability to do that when Baker's healthy, when he's in the right mindset, all that good stuff. So when it comes to the Bengals and the Browns, I'm not worried about Joe Burrow. I'm not. I, I think that Joe Burrow, what he's doing is great, and what he's done for this Bengals franchise is great. Do I think he's going to be the next big Ben? I don't. I don't. I don't think he's going to be a guy that just tortures the Browns for the next 15 years. I, because, you know, n not that he's not that good and not that he's not that capable. The Browns have proven they can beat him. He's a beatable quarterback. There was something about Big Ben when he walked into your building, even this last year when you faced him. It's like he just had this, you know, quality about him that, oh, oh no, we got to face the Big Ben again. And he did not like – I don't see that with Joe Burrow. So Joe Burrow can win Super Bowls, no doubt. I have, and he's a great, great quarterback. Could be a Hall of Famer one day if he keeps it up. But I'm not necessarily looking at the Browns and panicking because of Joe Burrow. I'm not. I, I, I can't. I can't sit there and panic because of the quarterback that Joe Burrow is. Yeah, the, the one thing I would say, look at those wide receivers that Joe Burrow has. That helps a lot. You know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, C.J. Uzama. Those are some pretty nice guys to have to throw to. Um, the Browns need to go get a couple guys like that to make whomever their quarterback uh, make his life a little bit easier. All right, let's take a look at some of the free agent quarterbacks. Um, when you look at this, uh, these are the guys that you could bring in as a free agent. Doesn't cost you anything. None of them really jump out. You look at it, it's Jameis Winston. Next to it is the age. So he, he, Jameis is 28. Kobe Brissett, 29, Teddy Bridgewater, 29, Marcus Mariota, 28, Joe Flacco, 37, and Mitchell Trubisky is 27. Uh, Baker is 26. He'll turn 27 in April. So uh, similar ages. I'm looking at that list, and I'm nobody's really jumping out. Nobody's like, man, let's bring him in. Uh, your thoughts on just those are kind of the cream of the crop when you look at it, Hayden. What do you do you like any of them? I mean, Jameis is really interesting. I I love Jameis Winston. I think that, you know, he was the number one pick for a reason. Yes, he throws a bunch of touchdowns. Yes, he throws a bunch of picks. I think that he's fascinating. When Once he got his eye surgery, he looked to be a lot better of a quarterback with the Saints. I don't know if he'll be back there. I don't know what the situation is. Obviously, he's got the ACL going on. So um, I, I, I would be interested in that. The other is not so much. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I think that, you know, as a backup, somebody to push Baker maybe, but – I don't know. I don't know if Jameis would be a guy that, that you bring into that situation. I have no idea. It'd be, it'd be interesting. All right. Yesterday we had a, a voicemail of Truth and Reason who said that they wanted the Browns to bring in Sam Darnold. Uh, we do have a, um, a viewer who responded to us via Twitter. Um, and uh, here is his response. 
Didn't like Darnold coming out of college. In fact, there is no one, capital no one, that is out there a free agent quarterback to replace Mayfield with. Now we need a better option at backup QB. Um, I agree pretty much with what um, first Anibis is saying um, as far as that goes. It, uh, Winston, I'm kind of with you. I'm intrigued by him, but, but uh, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily an upgrade. I think there's some of the same issues uh, with Baker. Um, I'm, you know, there none of the free agent quarterbacks are making me say, "Boy, let's Andrew Berry's got to go out and get him." No, especially Sam Darnold. I mean, Sam Darnold. No, I, I, I agree with that tweeter that you know, out of college, was not impressed. Um, it was not impressed with him, Josh Rosen. Um, Lamar intrigued me, but not as much. And Josh Allen was, you know, a guy that I loved. So him and Baker were at the top of my list. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's he, he. I think everybody's right that it's hard. There's a reason they're free agents. If they were that good, they wouldn't be on the open market. I mean, you'd have an extension for them. So, yeah, I think one of those guys could potentially be a good option to push Baker Mayfield or to kind of you know be a backup in case there is another injury. But um, I, I agree that there's no free agent quarterback that I'm bringing in. And I'm like, yes, that's going to be our guy. You know, that's the guy going forward. There's a reason that they weren't extended. There's a reason that they all have kind of had, you know, not so some of them not so bad careers at all. But, um, you know, but they've never truly been, you know, on the elite level to where they're getting elite, getting big time extensions. So I still think there's a chance that Baker can earn that extension if he has a great season this season. And, uh, um, you know, we'll see how it goes from there. All right, so we've got another voicemail of truth and reason. Uh, one of our viewers kind of went through, researched uh, 2021 touchdowns scored for some of the top teams in the Browns. Hi, Steve Lannon. Uh, called before, and you've tapped, talked several times about what's the biggest problem, Baker's passing or the play calling. Uh, I looked at some statistics. Uh, this is a regular season. Um, teams touchdowns, how many were from passing and how many were from running. I just thought it'd be interesting. Uh, the Rams, 41 passing, 10 running. The Chiefs, 37 passing, 16 running. The Bengals, 36 passing, 16 running. And the Browns, 21 passing, 20 running. Just thought it was uh, an interesting thing to look at. Thanks. All right, and uh, again, we appreciate all of our uh, voicemails. What I would say to that is you have to look at the receiving course. You, you have Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, Odell, or Robert Woods. Uh, when you talk about the Chiefs, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. Uh, when you talk about the Bengals, I've already talked about that. You know, you have Chase, you have Higgins, you have Boyd, you have Uzama. And then you look at the Browns. You've got Landry, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Higgins, Schwartz. It, it's not all on Baker, the passing touchdowns. There's guys that catch them and get open. And right now the Browns don't have enough guys that get open. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. But I think we also forget, and this is such a pass, like, okay, here's the whole thing. The NFL is a passing league, right? We, they throw the football a ton. The best teams throw the football and throw it well. The Browns are a run-first team and a pass-first league. So that's why their stats are going to look a little different. The Browns run the football. They score touchdowns via the run. They have two of the best running backs in the game. That's fine. If you want to talk about the lack of touchdown production from the quarterback position, then I think we have to talk a little bit about the offense. Why are why is it a run-first offense? Why, why are the Browns going this way? Obviously, it's because they have a great offensive line, and obviously it's because they have great running backs. But can you win with it? I think the Titans have shown you can. I think when you look at Derrick Henry and what he's done there, I think Ryan Tannehill, what he's done there. But even Ryan Tannehill has A.J. Brown, who is, you know, one of the best receivers in the NFL. So you're right. The Browns need a playmaker on the outside. You know, we see it. Like We talk about even Travis Kelsey. Austin Hooper has been a disappointment. Um, doesn't show much athleticism. It drops and key passes. David Njoku has shown a lot of improvement. I think he should probably be a guy the, re guy the Browns re-sign. Um, but even he has problems catching the football. So they got to get a reliable guy who can catch the football, who can make plays. I mean, that's the problem. The Browns don't have, you know, I, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is a guy that can catch the football and can do so in traffic. But you don't see him, you know, making plays, uh, you know, getting that extra 10, 15 yards. That's what Odell could do. That's what a guy like Odell did. Um, and that's why it's so upsetting that the, it didn't work out for the Browns because 
he brought everything that they needed and he just didn't want to be there. He had no desire to be in Cleveland. So um, you move forward and you're right. They got to find, they got to find somebody to ignite this passing game. And I think it has to come from all three levels. Stefanski's got to change. Baker's got to get better and they got to improve that receiving core. Agree with you with uh, wholeheartedly with what you say there. Hayden Grove and I are going to step aside and take one more time out on the other side of the break. Uh, we head back to the voicemail of Truth and Reason. Uh, plus, Joe Burrow from back in his high school days. Joe Burrow, this week's shining star. Uh, Sports for CLE will continue. We're talking Browns and NFL football. Stay with us. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. Thanks for buying a fishing license. I want you to picture all the great things this simple purchase does. Like building public boat ramps, keeping local waters clean, and maintaining a healthy fish population. What's mom doing? When you buy a fishing license, you do a lot. Every dollar protects and maintains your local waterways for future generations to enjoy. Visit TakeMeFishing.org. We continue talking Browns with Hayden Grove from Cleveland.com as well as The Plain Dealer. Time to head back to the voicemail of Truth and Reason. This one again about Baker Mayfield. Hi. Uh, during the Kansas City and Buffalo game the other week, my wife decided to watch the game, something she rarely does. So Patrick Mahomes starts moving the ball downfield, and my wife says, this guy looks really good. And I said, yeah, he's one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. A few minutes later, she sees Josh Allen throwing the ball, and she said, wow. This guy's really good, too. And they said, yeah, he's one of the other you know, best young quarterbacks in the league. She asked me who the Browns quarterback was, and I said, Baker Mayfield. And she said, didn't he injure himself during the season? And I said, yeah, he did. He had a complete tear of the labrum and a fractured uh, shoulder joint, I think, during the second game of the season. She looked at me and said, oh, man, it must have been tough losing your quarterback so soon in the season. I said, we didn't lose him. They popped the shoulder back in, put a brace on him, and he kept on playing. And she said, you're kidding me, right? And I said, no. A few minutes later, she asked me if Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen represented the future of their teams. And I said, of course they do. So she asked, do you think that either of those teams would let their franchise quarterback, their future, play with the kind of injuries that Baker played with? Because he must have been in terrible pain the entire season. Every time he got hit, every time he got sacked, you know, I just looked at her. I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't have an answer for her. Perhaps... You guys do. Well, Hayden, that's um, that's an interesting question. Would the Bills ask Josh Allen to play with the type of injuries um, that Baker had, and would the Chiefs ask Patrick Mahomes to? It's, it's an interesting question. Yeah, I love that voicemail. Um, that's that's great. I mean, just an outsider's perspective, and I kind of agree. It's 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 difficult, um, but the difference is that I believe that, you know, Patrick Mahomes signed a massive extension and Josh Allen signed a massive extension at the end of last offseason. So they were paid. Um, I think, you know, when you don't know for sure that Baker Mayfield's the future, if, and, you know, they admitted that by not signing him um, to an extension. They said, we don't know for sure. Whether they meant to or not, they said, we don't know for sure. So, yeah, so I think that answers the question, is that 
you know, I don't think the Bills or the, or the Chiefs would do that because they knew that's their future. I don't know if the Browns know that Baker Mayfield's their future. And they could have they could have put their chips into that basket after the playoff win and said, yes, Baker, you're our guy. And I think that that changes everything. I think that Baker Mayfield doesn't play the rest of the season. I think Baker Mayfield, you know, gets that surgery and gets healed up. But um, so maybe that's – it could be a blessing that, you know, the Browns decided that they they, they didn't – think Baker was the future and he goes out and has another bad year next year and then you move on from him or it could be a curse to where if you didn't pay Baker Mayfield then he you know then now you have to wait another year for him to kind of go through all of that and maybe mentally he's not where he was and he's still kind of in limbo he has a good decent year next year so I think you know it looks smart but it could also look dumb at the same time it, it, it's about the future and what happens with Baker I again I think that Baker Mayfield can still earn that contract extension this year um, and then bygones are bygones. But as of right now, the Browns are saying that essentially Baker Mayfield, you know, we don't know if he's our future or not. Fair enough. Hayden Grove from The Plain Dealer, as well as uh, Cleveland.com. Hayden, as always, man, appreciate the time and the insight. Thanks very much. Thank you, Dave. Have a great night. All right. Hayden Grove, make sure you read him. Page of The Plain Dealer as well as cleveland.com. Each week, the Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students from all across the state of Ohio. This week, something a little special. Joe Burrow is definitely a shining star. Uh, Before he was the guy that led the Bengals to the Super Bowl, before he was the number one overall pick, before he was a uh, national champion at LSU and the Heisman Trophy winner, he was Joe Burrow from Athens High School who ended up being Mr. Football. Uh, this week, Joe Burrow, our Ohio Lottery Partners in Education Shining Star from back in his high school days at Athens High. Watch Athens quarterback Joe Burrow throw the football and it seems almost effortless. Put him in the Bulldogs spread offense and watch scoreboards across the state blow up. I have great chemistry with my wide receivers. I've grown up throwing to them since third grade. We've all been together for 10 years and we have great chemistry together. He does so many special things and he's got so many great teammates uh, that, that can really work his talent well and he certainly orchestrates all of it. Burrow and the Bulldogs are hitting all the right notes. He's thrown for over 4,000 yards, 57 touchdowns and just one interception in this his senior year. He's the leader of one of Ohio's all-time highest scoring offenses. Our goal is to score 60 points. If We get upset if we don't score every time we get out there. So we were kind of upset with tonight in the first half, but the second half we turned it on. Because he throws the ball so well, some overlook the other parts of Burrow's game. A lot of people don't think I'm, I can run too much. They kind of just brush that off to the side, but I can. I, I pride myself on my running ability. He's quicker than most people think. His his, his top end speed's a little faster than people think. He's, he's deceptive. And, uh, you know, he's, he's got the ability to jump and get lateral a little bit on you, too. Um, so, yeah, he, he's got about all the skills that you'd ever want in a quarterback. All the skills of a quarterback, the arm, the legs, the understanding of the offense, are off the charts for Joe Burrow. But that's not what makes him the elite quarterback he is. The overall thing that just that sticks out in your mind when you've been around Joe Burrow for uh, you know any amount of time at all is that he's just such a fierce competitor. He 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 strives to win. He elevates people around him, and uh, he, he just works so hard. And, and it couldn't happen to a better kid. He's humbled in his success. Burrow comes from a football family. His father was a star linebacker at Nebraska. Joe has committed to play for the Ohio State Buckeyes next season. It really wasn't a dream. I wanted to be a, a Nebraska Cornhusker, but they never they never called, and I'm extremely happy with the way things turned out. In talking to recruiters, which we had an awful lot of over the past year, you know, the biggest thing that I told them is, like, he's a guy you don't want on the other sideline, you know? And uh, to me, that's a huge compliment to make on a kid, but he's, you know, he's... He, He's such a unique kid. He really is. He's, he's his own guy. You know, he's, he's comfortable in his own shoes. As far as success on the next level, Coach Adams, who has known Burrow since his middle school days, sums it up best. There's no way in this world that I'd ever bet against Joe Burrow because he's a kid that always finds a way to get it done. If you know a student who deserves recognition, we want to hear about them, and you can nominate them completely online. Go to OhioLottery.com, find the About section, click on Partners in Education. There you will see links to nomination forms. Nominate that student as an academic all-star, and they could end up being featured 
as our next shining star. And again, uh, Joe Burrow uh, hasn't changed much since his high school days, according to his uh, high school football coach, has done some great things, not only in Cincinnati, but back in Athens, where he's from. Uh, We're going to take a time out and switch our attention to the Cavs. Evan Damrell from the Locked On Cavs podcast will join us talking Cavs here on Sports for CLE. Stay with us. Life is getting back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to tri-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So, what are you waiting for? Register now for spring classes. Tri-C is where futures begin. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. I am powerful beyond my wildest imagination. I will define my future. I will keep challenging myself to improve. Because I am a future leader of this great nation. I will be responsible for raising a beautiful family. And educating not only my generation, but many more to come. I will make a difference in my community. And I will stand up for what I believe in. I will not settle for simply chasing my dreams. I will achieve them. Because I was given a chance. An opportunity. A home. At Family, Career, and Community Leaders of America. The ultimate leadership experience. FCCLA has been one of the greatest experiences of my life. It's made me who I am today. Join us. We'll build a new future together. Time for us to uh, shift our focus here on Sports for CLA. Going to start looking at the Cavs. Let's welcome in Evan Damrell from the Locked On Cavs podcast. Evan, uh, first time here. Appreciate it. Um, let's take a look. Cavs currently a couple of games out of first in the Eastern Conference. Uh, obviously, the biggest surprise in the NBA. When you look at what realistically, uh, what type of seating they could get um, in the finals, and, and you see just a game and a half out of first, uh, only a, a game behind the teams with uh, 32 wins, uh, which is the most in the Eastern Conference. Realistically, what are you looking at um, as a potential seed in the Eastern Conference for the Cavs at the end of the season? It all really depends at the end of the day what you get after the trade deadline because I think Philadelphia is going to try and make some moves to maybe consolidate what they have. You have to see what Milwaukee's trying to do because – they're the defending champs, and I think they're a little disappointed that they're even behind Cleveland right now because, like you said, they're a surprise. But if you're a team like Milwaukee and you're trying to figure out just how to get back into the race, and because it's right now it's between Chicago and Brooklyn, I'd say, to win the Eastern Conference title. I think Cleveland could have a shot if things fall their way, but I think just Brooklyn is such a tough outing in a seven-game series. I don't know how you out-talent that group. But at the same time, the Cavs, if they make a move as well, they could be in the thick of things too. If you have held a gun to my head and asked you right now who I or where I think Cleveland would end up, I'd maybe say three, four in that range. I don't want to I don't want to jump be too ambitious. I don't want to sell them too short though either. So if they keep things up, I think they're on pace to win fifty something games this year, which again is completely unexpected this season. So just enjoying whatever you get from it at this point is a positive. And I think they'll host at least a first round playoff series. All right, when, when you look at it, um, what are some of the things they need to do to continue their success um, and, and continue to be, you know, be one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference? What, what do you think they need to continue doing? Well, as just a broad stroke, they have, they have an established big three of Darius Garland, 
Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. If you try to continue and build around those three leading up the trade deadline, if you go make a move to just add a scoring option off the bench just to give a little extra punch, whether it's Karis Levert or Eric Gordon or Buddy Heald or any of the names that I've heard about or that have just been linked to this team, um, the, the, the Cavs are going to be active. They're one of the most aggressive teams leading up to the trade deadline historically under Kobe Altman's tenure. And they'll probably just keep looking to make moves to consolidate on this promising season that they had so far. But other than that, I think there might be just a little bit of concern. It's a pain tolerance thing, I'd say, for Darius Garland's back. But if you're able to get him some proper support in terms of just backup depth or maybe just a more reliable option so he can sit and maybe rest that back more often than not so it doesn't become a recurring issue down the line, I think that's a great move as well. And you have to really explore the market and see if there's just a backup point available or somebody who the Cavs can kind of get in a reasonable price range to because they're bumping right up against that tax threshold. And I know Dan Gilbert's a very wealthy man, but I don't know if he wants to pay the luxury tax for this team quite yet. Uh, what do you think some things that could derail it? What um, what could cause the Cavs to fall? Well, I think we saw it firsthand Monday night when they played the Pelicans. If Darius Garland misses serious time, especially in a playoff series, this offense comes to a screeching call because – it kind of spoke volumes about the situation because, yes, you bring in Rajon Rondo to soak up those backup point minutes and kind of remedy the loss of Ricky Rubio for the season. But J.B. Biggerstaff didn't even feel comfortable starting Rondo at this point. And he was Jetty Osmond, not traditionally a point guard. And granted, Osmond had 12 assists, which is a career high, and it worked. But you have to hope that's not the permanent solution. And maybe there's something more immediate that they can solve. Because this offense really does go with Darius Garland, who's become the engine of how things just kind of work on that end of the ball. And if you lose him, it just it gets, it gets ugly fast. So uh, you wrote something about the Cavs launching uh, My Cavs Locker NFT experience uh, for the diehard fans. Take us through that. What is it? What, um, what do you think of it as well? I think it's a pretty cool idea. Um, the Cavs have been kind of interested in the NFT, this new digital space. They invested in it uh, just in three art projects to display on the atrium of Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. And I think they're just curating a digital art gallery to showcase the fans that are basketball themed. I think Black owned as well, which is a huge proponent of theirs. But I think this is just a cool initiative. You saw the Dallas Mavericks starting this as well a while back where you could buy uh, virtual avatars of notable players, current players, the owner himself, even the mascot. And the way that you can kind of just collect just different things, such as like, well, right now it's a let them know t-shirt. And based on the uh, promo images they sent me, it looks like a pair of like custom shoes that when they play the Pacers on Sunday, like these are options. These are more collectible items for like the diehard, diehard fans. And I think it's a unique way to interact with folks as well, because I spoke to someone in the organization and especially for like kids or people that are maybe in early college who are really into this digital stuff, whether it's like TikTok, NFTs, you name it, they need to capitalize on that market and keep those fans engaged and interested, not just because they're there for a basketball game, but in other mediums as well. So it's a cool initiative. We'll see where it goes, um, but it, it feels like they have full backing going forward. Like this is just isn't going to be a, like a one season thing. They're going to keep this going for years to come. Evan Damrell from the Locked On Cavs podcast and I are going to step aside, take a quick time out. Uh, on the other side of the break, we'll hear uh, who Evan likes as potential trade targets for the Cavs as they try to improve trade deadline a week from tomorrow. So uh, seven, eight days uh, until the NBA trade deadline Cavs figure to be active. We'll talk trade and Cavs. Sports for CLE will be right back. Stay with us. Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery, Partners in Education, where stars shine. We continue talking Cavs with Evan Damrell from the Locked On Cavs podcast. All right, Evan, trade deadline a week from tomorrow, so eight days. Uh, Cavs figure to be active. Um, who do you like 
for the Cavs to go after and potentially get? Well, it depends on how much they're willing to give up at the end of the day because it's been reported today by uh, Leecher Reports' Jake Fisher that the Indiana Pacers are still looking for two first-round picks or a first-round pick and a young player for Karis LeVert, who's a player who's been linked to the Cavs for quite a while now just in terms of trade chatter. Eric Gordon, the Houston Rockets, are looking for a first-round pick for his talents as well. So, again, if Cleveland's comfortable with paying that kind of price, I think they can go in on it because – Let's look at this in the grand scheme of things. Like I stressed in the last segment, um, they have an established big three of Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen. You want to build around those three. And I don't think adding another 19, 20-year-old through the draft is the best way to do it at this point. If you really want to accelerate this rebuild, make up the loss of Colin Sexton and Ricky Rubio in the year, you get one of those guys. But if I had a preference, I think I'd say Karis LeVert just because he provides scoring, he provides defense, he provides a little bit of playmaking. I think he could be had for a little bit less than what Indiana is asking for. I think this is just posturing and bargaining. I think it's good business to say, if you tell the media, well, we want this amount, but in reality, you're actually willing to settle for this amount. That's just smart business at this point, because if you're looking to rebuild rebuild or retool, getting a first round pick and Ricky Rubio for Karis LeVert isn't a bad place to start. And then maybe you figure out if you're the Pacers, what you want to do after that. But if you're Cleveland, you really want to find some wing support, some wing depth. And then, like I said, if you can use that injury exception you got from Rubio, you have the trade exception from JaVale McGee as well. Maybe you go find a backup point guard or somebody who can play a little bit more reliably than Rajon Rondo, just because I'm not saying Rondo's a bad player, but he's in his mid-30s and has 16 years of experience on his body and a lot of mileage. So that could be a little bit of an issue of itself down the line, too. Is there anybody backup point guard wise that comes to mind that you like that you that just names to listen out for? Um, and I'm uh, with Dennis you. Rondo, oh. Rondo doesn't score enough to do what they're looking for their point guard to do. You know, there there are times you watch mm-hmm. him and teams are, are are daring him to shoot and he's unable to make them pay uh, the way that you know, um, not only Garland uh, but some of the other uh, options that, that the Cavs use. Well, I think they're kind of playing Rondo. I'll, I'll I'll answer the second question in a second, or the first question in a second here. But the way they're playing Rondo is they're kind of using him like Ricky Rubio, where they're asking him to score, they're asking him to create offense, and that's not really his game. You do notice that he slows down things when he's out there. He pinpoints and acts like it's chess out there where he's trying to tell players where they need to be on the floor for a certain play to set it up. And he's right. I mean, he's a cerebral player. He's a Hall of Fame talent for a reason, and that's fine. But I think the Cavs, maybe during the All-Star break, adjust and tinker things a little bit just so they can maximize having Rondo on the floor because I think it's a smart thing to play him next to Darius Garland because J.B. Bickerstaff said he's taking some of the playmaking pressure off of Garland and letting him thrive as just an off-ball shooter and off-ball scorer and just really unlocking his offensive game, which I think is smart. But if you're looking for a name, and I personally think Cleveland's culture is too stable to break, you could maybe look at a guy like Dennis Schroeder who can be a bit of a malcontent sometimes, but he is a able-bodied point guard. He's young. I think he's in his late 20s at this point. He is sitting in Boston as their backup point. The Celtics don't really know where they're going to go here. Maybe they could kind of just try and get under the tax threshold. They could use that Rubio exception and attach a second-round pick to it, and Boston could be pretty well off for that because they can slash Schroeder's salary from their payroll and then just kind of get a second-round pick for their troubles. And I think that would be a solid backup. And then you keep Rondo as just a break class in case of emergency kind of option, or maybe he plays spot minutes every now and then too, and JB Bakerstaff can get even more creative with his lineups. But it's definitely interesting to think about. I think Schroeder's just a name to watch and somebody I've heard who's kind of popped up every now and then just in the grand sphere of trade chatter. Yeah, I've heard him attached to that exemption that they got, the hardship exemption with, um, with Rubio that you mentioned as well, that that's kind of what they were targeting. All right, uh, before I let you go, got to ask you this one. Is there any guy out there that you would be willing to trade Colin Sexton uh, or Isaac Okoro or both um, if the Cavs are able to to put those together to get? See, that's a tough question in itself because I don't know what teams would be willing to trade for Sexton because you want to if, – if I was an opposing general manager – I would want to look at Colin Sexton's full bill of health, see how he looks post-op as well. And that's a little tough. But if you're willing to gamble the potential, I think if you go big name hunting, I think you look at Jalen Brown in Boston, because I really do think that situation is a time bomb. And Jason Tatum's their guy, so they're going to build around him going forward. So 
Maybe you offer like Larry Marketing and Isaac Okoro or Colin Sexton along with a first round pick, or you try to get in on a, a Sabonis trade with Sabonis going to Boston and you get Jalen Brown for your troubles. Not a bad consolation prize, granted, but I think if it's that type of caliber player, especially with just the defensive impact Isaac Okoro provides on a night to night basis, you get him. Or maybe you look at Brandon Ingram in New Orleans as well, who I think fits almost perfectly on this Cavs team. It's just you want to bring back a young star caliber player if you're willing to cash in some of your more valuable young assets because draft picks, you're not too certain with what those are. These guys are on set pick roles, set contracts, and you kind of have an idea of what talent they are at this point in the league. So you want to get something equal to that if you're Cleveland because at the point at this point, why would you want to cash in and kind of maybe rock the boat a little too much? if you're not going to get something worth your troubles. Evan Damrell from the Locked On Cavs podcast. Evan, appreciate it. Thanks very much. Uh, uh, welcome back anytime. Great stuff. Thanks very much, Evan. Thank you. Thank you for having me anytime. All right. Evan Damrell from the Locked On Cavs podcast. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of Sports with CLE. We'll see you back here tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Schedule guest Sam Amico from HoopsWire.com as well as Mark Munch Bishop from 1350 AM, The Gambler. That's tomorrow, 4 o'clock, Sports for CLE. We'll see you then. Have a great night, everybody.